there's a shared understanding of the importance to really put a collective win above just individual wins. And it, it is really amazing to see the collaborations that have developed. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell, and I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, I was in Detroit this week as we were recording it, and uh, there was twice I came out of a restaurant and I could not figure out where I was. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind lately. But I am excited to be grounded here on Zoom, uh, talking with Deanne Cuellar, who is our outreach team lead. Welcome, Deanne. Thank you. And Deanne has brought in a fellow, I'm assuming, mega Texas enthusiast, because he's the broadband manager for Harris County, where Houston is, uh, John Spears. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thank you. Uh, it's really exciting to, to have you here this time. I understand that we have high hopes for uh, good legislation in Texas that's going to help us get better Internet access out to everyone. Uh, but Deanne is the one that uh, has a better sense of this. So let me have you introduce the, the show and why we're going to talk to John today, Deanne. Well, we're going to talk to John today uh, because he was recently a part of the Texas Digital Equity Network Eco Summit that took place a day before the National Net Inclusion Conference this year. Him and his office have been keeping an eye on the legislative bills that are making its way through uh, Texas right now key and keeping the rest of the network updated and uh, let us, letting us know um, what to keep our hopes up about and what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention in a really great way. Uh, thanks, Deanne and Chris. Uh, so here in Texas, this is uh, a moment for the state to align with the uh, federal programs that are funding uh, broadband infrastructure and digital equity opportunities to connect all of our constituents uh, with Internet, uh, not just some, as the NTIA says. So this is our moment to ensure that we're doing all that we can as a state and as local communities and as residents uh, to um, align around the shared principle of connecting everyone to reliable and affordable broadband and more. In Texas, um, we have a part-time legislature. Uh, that legislature is in session in uh, full swing right now. They've got a, about a month left uh, for their regular session. It's too early to tell if there will be uh, an extended session. Uh, that will be really at the determination of leadership uh, at the legislature um, and governor's office uh, for if they need to continue to work that they've started to get the job done. Uh, but what's uh, really important are those legislative items that um, we're monitoring uh, that have an impact on our uh, broadband opportunities here. This is something that there were over 20 bills proposed uh, that involved or had a component uh, that spoke to broadband infrastructure specifically. Um, and now we're really monitoring uh, one to three bills uh, that uh, really have an impact on local governments um, and the work that we're doing here in Harris County and statewide. Um, that uh, really matter for, for broadband. Uh, the top one, of course, is our uh, what we affectionately call as our broadband bill. Um, so this is something that uh, in the last legislative session that was now close to four years ago was the initial broadband bill that uh, was created for the purposes of standing up our state broadband office. 
and the statutory language also uh, included requirements that the state create a map um, and that they would do research um, and promote the opportunity to um, support grants. And the bill uh, was adopted by the legislature um, and then COVID happened and the world changed. And we all saw the current uh, state of the reality for our broadband capacity. And so through this legislative session, uh, what they're calling is uh, the HB5 2.0 um, broadband bill. And so this is something that um, is really aligned to the standards that are set forth within the bipartisan infrastructure law to ensure that our state is able to gain benefit from the significant funding that's available uh, for the broadband equity access and deployment program. Um, and something that will help us to ensure that we're doing all that we can uh, for our residents to have access to those speeds that they need to live uh, their daily life and conduct mm -hmm. uh, their business to live, work, and play. Um, and so this bill is really the, the top most uh, important one and something that um, is moving through. The House has approved it, and it will hopefully be going to the Senate floor Next week is what we're hearing. So that is something that we're closely monitoring. It looks like there are um, a number of delegations out there that are working to, to get this through um, and something that uh, is very exciting here in Texas. Well, let's set the table a little bit with Harris County. Uh, you have uh, between four and a half and five million people, it looks like. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I would assume that you might have a few areas that are unserved uh, within there. Uh, but uh, presumably, most of those people probably have some decent internet access. So I'm curious. But before we dive back into the state legislature, uh, what are your priorities in the next several years? Our priorities in Harris County are to serve as a regional collaborator. This opportunity that we have with the bipartisan infrastructure law is a catalyst for those technological advancements across outcomes from transportation to climate resiliency um, and the innovation that can happen with broadband infrastructure um, being put into the mix is a really great set of uh, dynamics that we can uh, develop some really cool solutions uh, for our region to benefit from. At the end of the day, the economic mobility of our residents is a priority, and advancing that economic vitality for our region is a significant priority as well. Uh, we have uh, one of the largest ports within the nation here in Houston with the Port of Houston, and this is uh, something that provides a great amount of commerce within the region that requires um, automated transportation uh, that will benefit from those uh, new modes that are coming online uh, and those ways that we can increase our efficiency as a society to uh, promote uh, transit that is green and automated and dynamic and something that we have not even seen what the, the future looks like, but we know that there is a lot that we can do if we develop that capacity uh, to support additional broadband conduit and infrastructure within our 
our region, across jurisdictions, um, and collectively come together as local governments to coordinate this work. It sounds to me like uh, like laying the foundation for the next several decades, not just figuring out how to spend a historic allocation of federal dollars <laughs> for over the next few years. That's right. This work is really at the um, the leading edge of where this county is and where it wants to go. Um, and something that I, I know a number of regions are really going through this process of innovating these opportunities to scale the funding that is um, provided from the bipartisan infrastructure law. And the, the principles going into this work of collaboration and coordination and resolving around a shared set of principles are really most important. And those are the drivers for the work. Um, those drivers are bringing uh, jurisdictions that have not worked together before, um, together in a way that we're identifying where those value propositions are for, for each locality and where we can further um, evaluate the, the opportunity to come together and resolve uh, any differences in, in value propositions. Because it is something that when you bring stakeholders together like local governments that haven't necessarily coordinated in a way like this before, you start to understand the, the difference in priorities um, with communities, and it is great to um, elevate that around those shared principles. And are you able to share an example of one of those just to make that concrete? Uh, I'm sure there's some that are not ready for prime time, but if there's any that you could share. Yeah, so in uh, Texas, we have a, um, a significant um, rural need for broadband. Um, those are our unserved households and businesses. And in the Harris County region, uh, which is known as the Gulf Coast region, um, Harris County is uh, generally well connected. Um, we have around um, 180,000 households um, that are without um, any type of internet. Uh, this is something that out of the number of households that we have, which is about 1.8 million households, that is um, something that's not a significant number. It's an important number when we're talking about connecting everyone. But this is something that we would not be able to uh, really say that we're the same as one of our neighboring counties that is more rural, that has a higher percentage of unserved households. Where we do come together is around this shared opportunity and the shared opportunity that the prioritization of equity as a part of the federal funding is really a mechanism that ensures that there is a process in place for local jurisdictions to partner up in spirit and in service of this uh, shared understanding that when we work together, we are all able to benefit um, from this funding and we are stronger because of it. Um, and so this uh, delineation of unserved versus underserved um, and what our neighboring counties um, have versus what we have is actually what brings us together. And this is something that uh, as a county that has um, 
more underserved households than we have unserved, uh, we're able to be of service to our regional partners so that we're able to build capacity and capability to uh, benefit from the federal funding that's available. John, you mentioned that we are calling this um, HB5 2.0, you know, here here in Texas. Can you can you talk a little bit more about what are the the differences? Be, you know, what are the changes from 1.0 and and 2.0? And I think it will speak to uh, what you just also said about how we're seeing for one of the first times this collaboration between rural and urban communities because of this shared collective vision for um, these outcomes. The true up of the broadband bill is one that those criteria that are setting forth the the priorities for broadband infrastructure are moving from terms of eligible and ineligible to terms that are unserved and underserved. And this um, ability to include language that if the federal definition of broadband speed uh, is adjusted to uh, align with what is set forth within the bipartisan infrastructure law from 2530 to 120, that that's something that would also be um, updated um, and that language is uh, included. And so the criteria that is really enabling us to keep up with the changing tides of how we view broadband standards is most important and the assurance that that criteria aligns with the equity principles that are set forth within the bipartisan infrastructure law don't necessarily guarantee a lockstep with what the federal programs are doing, but it does enable a pathway for local um, communities here in Texas to benefit from the federal funds uh, versus being uh, held back from the federal funds. Do you have a sense of whether um, the, like I said, I think Texas is getting the single largest allocation. It may actually be something in the neighborhood of two times more than the second greatest allocation of the expectations. Uh, do you have a sense of whether um, there, how much there will be um, available in terms of the need? Uh, is uh, So I guess what I'm saying is in Nebraska, uh, our expectation is they're going to get a lot of money, but it is not going to be able to cover everyone. Do you have a sense that just about everyone will be able to be covered in Texas? In Texas, the, the, the need is greater than the funds that will be available. This well, then is it's the, good that the, you have all of the growing economic activity of the entire United States in your cities. <laughs> <laughs> We're fortunate here in Texas is that we have a robust economy that is one that has a, a diverse um, set of uh, um, economic drivers that are really enabling a robust workforce uh, with uh, uh, low levels of unemployment um, and something that we have growing populations to support that workforce um, and that there is um you know, really an abundance of jobs available for those that seek it. One of the, the components of um, this is how might we build upon the federal funding to ensure that we're able to develop a funding approach where we can leverage um, other funding streams from those giving campaigns of corporations or other public-private partnerships 
to ensure that where there may be um, funds that can't build out to every single underserved household, that we're able to plug in those opportunities, develop public-private partnerships, and um, really uh, develop those campaigns to ensure that there are multiple funding streams coming in because that need is greater than the funds available, despite the fact that we are, um, you know, slated to receive billions with uh, the, the funds that are available. Um, and something that I would expect that a number of states are probably looking at those uh, opportunities to, to build a true funding strategy uh, to really utilize the federal funds as a catalyst uh, to scale those uh, opportunities for additional revenue streams, however that may be. Yeah, I think that's really what we like to hear is this idea of not just that, oh, we're going to do what we can with the federal dollars, but saying we're going to try to solve this problem. That we have an opportunity here where people are paying attention with the federal money coming in, but we need to identify local sources to make sure that we're able to um, cover all the need. And And this gets back to one of those areas that I feel like our organization, the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, kind of straddles where – like sometimes people in urban areas are a bit resentful of how much it might cost to connect a home in rural areas. And people in rural areas are telling their legislators to stop putting money into the cities. Uh, but the economic activity that drives the state is often um, centered in those major cities. Uh, and so, you know, our, our hope is generally saying, you know what, we think we need to connect everyone. That's what's going to uh, do the job. And frankly, uh, what we're concerned with is generally the cost of of leaving people unconnected is going to be really great, right? I mean, like the the missed educational opportunities, the missed telehealth opportunities, all that other stuff. That's just going to like increase our budgets in other ways down the line. And so, what I'm hearing from you is that we're gonna you're gonna address that in Texas by trying to make sure that you're able to generate enough funds from philanthropic as well as potentially state sources or local sources to get everyone covered and cover that shortfall the feds uh, may leave. It is a objective uh, within Harris County uh, to, to do that. And through this collaboration uh, that is not only going on within our region, but one that uh, through our Texas Digital Equity Network and through a coalition of cities and counties that are working on broadband issues, that there is a, a shared um, understanding of that need um, and that opportunity. Um, and this is something that even if the state can't deliver that, we are doing all that we can with the resources that we have to do that for our local communities and hopefully being able to make a significant impact that creates that opportunity. That's wonderful. I'd like to point out a fact for people that, you know, don't get to hear a lot about Texas with our, with our content, but there are 895 separate cities, 361 unincorporated areas, and the state has more than 30 million residents. Um, and I, I, I like to, to give people comparison. It's like three times the size of the country of Italy, if people have ever traveled, you know, to, to Europe. This is a big state, so the problems are big, but and I know it's it's difficult to understand um, how we mobilize for advocacy in a, in a state like ours. But what we, we do know about doing this work for the last decade or so is that when we are able to come up with these sorts of bipartisan solutions, we see these models replicated in other areas of the country later on. And I'll just note that uh, symbol for Texas is also the boot. <laughs> Y'all don't know. Deanne muted herself, but she's laughing hilariously right now. She, she can't stop laughing. <laughs> Go ahead, John. 
Yep. You know, and the, the Lone Star State, of course. But, um, you know, this is something that one one statement that we are uh, that is often said with the cities and counties collaborative is really the the win for Texas. Um, and this is something that we're there is a, a shared understanding of the importance to really put a collective win above just individual wins. And it, it is really amazing to see the collaborations that have developed, not only in Harris County, but within um, the Alamo region, which is Bear County in San Antonio, and in Central Texas with uh, Travis County doing a great job to, to bring together the, the local jurisdictions, um, and a, a regional effort in the panhandle called Connected Panhandle with the city of Amarillo really bringing those local jurisdictions together and the the work that's being done in the, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex with uh, Fort Worth and um, city of Fort Worth and Tarrant County come together and the city of Dallas and Dallas County coming together. I mean, these are massive regions with significant populations. And this is an opportunity that we can put down our individual priorities and the uh, priorities um, that we are prioritizing are the, the collective win. Um, and so this is something that is uh, just a few of the examples. Um, there are others, including Deep East Texas Council of Governments that are coming together uh, around the work there and is something that really is great to see how much activity there is going on in our state. I, I mean, I would pivot back to what, what John talked about a, a little bit earlier is that there's this organic division that happens in all of our states when we start defining unserved and underserved and rural and urban, and we don't even talk a whole lot about the in-between markets. And so with Texas having all of the geographies and all of the types of climate, that's why it is again like a testing bed for this type of bipartisan support needed to mobilize on such a huge issue. And I don't know if John wants to you know, share a few more, some of those examples, he gave a really good long list, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's like moving away from some of those, um, some of those divisive terms that are used to describe the work in my personal opinion. I agree, Dan. Like one of the examples uh, is actually close to home, um, and I can officially speak to this, um, the city of Houston and Harris County. Um, we have uh, the third most populous county in the nation with Harris County, and city of Houston is the fourth most populous city. Um, and when you look at the, the size and extent of those entities, both with close to 20,000 employees each, um, this week, we had reached a major milestone accomplishment with the Harris County Commissioner's Court passing a memorandum of understanding between the entities. Um, and this memorandum of understanding is to um, ensure that we are working together to coordinate our broadband infrastructure um, and to enable the opportunities to achieve digital equity for all and to ensure that we're developing those programs and those um, supports within our community to be able to uh, implement that. Um, there is a lot of work that we need to do um, and there is a tremendous opportunity there. Um, and we are very excited for that memorandum of understanding to also 
lead to greater future opportunities that we don't even know what those look like yet. Um, and this is something that letting that process play out and the, the work just do what it needs to do to, to create that is something that is going to be exciting to see over the next few years uh, in this infrastructure decade um, and something that we hope that that memorandum of uh, understanding is an inspiration for others to also sign on um, and something that really creates that important fabric for local jurisdictions to demonstrate their commitment to this coordination and to these shared principles. Um, because at the end of the day, it's local governments that really drive that innovation that lead to a, a more uh, improved quality of life for our residents uh, and lead the way to greater opportunities that can scale to uh, other statewide efforts. Is it surprising to you if uh, if I went back in time three years ago and said that you'd be at this point with those agreements, would you have said, yeah, I could see that happening? Or is this a little out of the ordinary? The memorandum of understanding between Harris County and the city of Houston is a significant step. While the entities coordinate on other matters, uh, including uh, just uh, managed transportation infrastructure um, and uh, public safety uh, wireless radio networks, this is something that is a demonstration that we're talking about broadband, which is still relatively new in the, the greater lexicon to many, um, and something that is um, a, a commitment to um, really not only implement broadband solutions, but continue to commit to explore and innovate with those solutions through this work. And so that commitment to, to share in this uh, innovation is really exciting because we know the capabilities that can come from broadband infrastructure and this commitment to innovate uh together is really exciting because if it was three years ago, I would say no. Hmm. Excellent. Well, I think we need to wrap up there. Uh, Deanne, did you have any last thoughts or comments? Yeah, I just had like one quick question to see if, if John would uh, agree or disagree with me about this because we're thinking about this. One of the top line messages that came out during the pandemic and it's ongoing with pandemic recovery for, you know, to use Bear County and San Antonio or Houston Harris County as an example. One of the one of the things that helped us push through and work through in collaboration is that if in, even if you are in an urban area and rural communities think that you're getting an abundance of resources, you can also say that the reason why you would want to collaborate with the communities outside of an urban area is because of uh, because of the movement of the constituents back and forth between urban and rural communities that had to take place. So a lot of people from outside of San Antonio had to come to San Antonio for connectivity and skills and devices. And it's pretty I'm pretty sure that that happened across the state. And so if there was one way I would suggest that people would like to talk about this outside of Texas, they might could just like, you know, throw a, a big net and see if that is um, if that is a, a, a top line message that they could use to open up that same conversation. So, John, that, that was long winded. But do you think that that's kind of what happened, that they were like, look, we're our resources are already going back and forth anyway. We might as well collaborate on the solutions. Absolutely. What we saw with the pandemic was a shift in how we work and how we live and how we um, conduct our business. And this opportunity enables the workforce to truly work remotely or uh, to connect in different ways um, from 
a workplace where they may be connecting with a coworker that is working remotely. And so it has really shifted the workforce um, and our economy to operate in a way that we've never seen before. Uh, and this is something that the more that local governments come together around this and, and share in the understanding that this is where we come together to support the core economic drivers that are enabled by broadband, uh, the better off we are in the long term. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today, John. Thank you so much. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ilsr.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. This was the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>